Um, awesome. So are you ready to get started? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, great. Hi, welcome to Candidate, real conversations with women running for office. I'm your host, Devin Handy. Normally, I host Hellbent Podcast, a political news and commentary show dedicated to bringing you topics with a heavy intersectional feminist lens. I've teamed up with Emily's List to bring you the stories of the extraordinary women running for office in the upcoming midterm elections. These women are smart and fierce and have real plans to change the world. While I normally have two or more guests, this week I only have the one. Gina Ortiz-Jones is running for Congress out of Texas's 23rd district. Gina served in our armed forces under the draconian don't ask, don't tell policies. She has a long history in national security and is bringing a fresh and unique perspective to her district. What is really important is that Gina's district has 40% of the borderland in Texas with Mexico. So I knew that I wanted to speak with her about immigration, particularly about how the Republican Party is setting up an opposition narrative to the Democratic candidates running. A lot of times the the narrative is Democrats are weak on border security and weak on immigration and as if that's something of a bad thing. And Gina has really flipped that narrative on its head with her extensive background in the military and in national security. So uh, her and, and because her district has so many border towns and relies culturally and economically on our on their sister cities in Mexico, you know, it really brings a fresh perspective to the immigration debate. Our guest today is Gina Ortiz Jones. She is running for Congress out of Texas's 23rd district. Gina, thank you so much for coming on. It is so nice to speak to you. Thanks again for having me. It's good to it's good to chat with you again. Yes, absolutely. We we were just saying that it's only four Tuesdays until early voting. That's uh, right. That's right. As I tell my team, God bless my team. But I'm like, look, there's no Friday, there's no Monday. There are only four Tuesdays until right. early voting. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. So, so I want to talk to you specifically about immigration. Immigration has been such a hot topic to say the absolute very least in this country for a long time but particularly since Trump was elected it's become sort of a a, a touchstone of our political landscape and especially with the congressional races it it seems like a lot of the republican narrative has been about how democrats are soft on borders and kind you know soft on on immigrants and and are not concerned about national security have have you found that to be the case in your race um i i mean i think you know this is uh for folks that that might not be super familiar with where this district is and and why this is such uh you know a very important topic in this district you know this is that district that runs from san antonio to el paso right and depending on where folks are listening that's like manhattan to raleigh north carolina or san francisco to san diego right it's a large district we also share 40 percent of the u.s border with mexico it runs right through this district it's a 70 percent hispanic district it's also a 70 percent rural district um and and some of the you know main issues as it relates to immigration are, are playing out in this district 
Um, and folks might be familiar uh, with Tornillo. Tornillo is where they're setting up the tent community uh, that, has, uh, that was built um, for kids that have been separated from their families at the border. Um, you know, that's in this district. Uh, so, you know, immigration is very much, uh, you know, an important topic in, in this, in this well, certainly in the country and in this race. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of ways in which we talk about it. Uh, we know, obviously, you know, the, the wall would run right through this district. Uh, it would decimate economies and in many parts of the district. And but people, when people also hear immigration, you know, depending on, on who I'm talking to, they might be thinking, Devin, of the DREAM Act, right, our DREAMers. Between California and Texas, that's 45% of this country's DREAMers. There's 3,500 DREAMers in this district alone. Um, and, you know, folks might also, when they hear immigration, you might be thinking about the effects of, on trade, right, and the effects on our, of our, on our economy. Uh, NAFTA was originally signed in San Antonio, uh, which is which is in this district. So there's a lot of ways in which immigration, um, you know, touches on on all aspects of our of our um, economy and of our everyday in this district. But what I'd like to share are you know some of the stories that don't get enough attention, but I think are as important um, as any other in this immigration discussion. But you know, before I touch on that, you know, if you allow me to to talk a little bit about my personal background and why I am personally. Uh, you know, so committed to ensuring that we have an immigration policy that reflects our values. Um, you know, my, my uh, I'm a first-generation American. Um, my mother came to this country 40 years ago. Uh, she graduated from the number one university in the Philippines, um, but wanted a chance at the American dream, right? A chance at whose country, a country whose promises, if you work hard, the sky's the limit. And that's a unique promise of our country, right? You know, and and that's why it's. Uh, it's, it's sometimes disheartening that, that people have forgotten uh, that for the vast majority of people on this planet, they know from a very young age that if they want to live their best life, they will have to leave their home country. And for many, like my mom, that meant trying to get to our very special country in any form or fashion. Um, so my mom, like many others, humbled herself. You know, she had this amazing um, college education uh, again, graduated from the number one university there, but wanted a chance at, at this country. So she came here actually as a domestic helper um, and, uh, and uh, reminded my younger sister and I every day that our trajectory in life was in no small part to being born in this very, very special country. So, you know, writ large, when I think of immigration and just kind of our, uh, you know, our country's um, role and how we're viewed uh, as people trying to come here for a better life. I can't separate, you know, how I think about it from my own personal experience. So I just want to share that that with you, um, because I I have first cousins that are, you know, just as talented, just as hungry, uh, but have very different life trajectories than my own. Just because, you know, my mom was um, fortunate to come to this country, and my sister and I were were fortunate to to have been invested in and invested back in in this country that we in the way that we have through through public service. Um, so that's what I, you know, that's that's always in the back of my mind when I think of of immigration. Um, the uh, this is you know and I can't also help but but think about this in the context of um, of national security which which is my which is my background um, I spent 14 years um, serving our country in national security both in and out of uniform I started off um, as an intelligence officer in the Air Force uh, deployed to Iraq I served under Don't Ask Don't Tell um, you know I'd go on to advise on operations um, in Latin America all over Africa. And I wrapped up my career in the executive office of the president, working on economic and national security issues. Um, and in each of those, in, in different ways, but in each of those, um, you know, uh, 
the, the idea of a strong middle class, of a strong civil society, the way in which countries uh, rejuvenate and replenish themselves is always at the forefront, right? Because if you don't have a strong middle class, you don't have true national security. And I would argue a strong immigration policy that reflects our values is key to that. Right. So, yeah. So with your your background in national security, has that changed maybe the narrative around the around the debates about immigration? Like you said, there are all types of, you know, when you talk about immigration, we could be talking about anything from undocumented immigrants to family separation to dreamers to trade. Uh, Has there been one thing in particular that has been very salient or very focused on in this race? Um, I don't think there's been one thing. I mean, it's been a it's been a constant topic throughout the race, immigration, that is. But I think, you know, as um, as things have um, popped up, if you will, you know, we've had to we've we've had to adjust and, and talk about how those things, um, you know, affect the, the the former communities. I mean, for example, you know, troops that have been uh, deployed to the border. Right. Uh, uh, this happened several months ago. So it, it, I think it's important to not only think about you know, the message this sends to our neighbor to the South, who is, oh, by the way, Texas's uh, largest export market, right? The, the message that this sends to, our, to, um, to Mexico, but it also sends a, a message to our border communities on this side of the border, right? Like, what message are we, are we saying about uh, the communities um, and, and how we think about them when they actually only understand the, the, the social, cultural, and economic ties between them and their sister city on the other side as sources of strength and not sources of weakness. And that's a very important point that I don't think uh, gets highlighted enough. You know, when I talk to the mayor of Eagle Pass, which is a community right on the border, when I talk to folks in Del Rio, when I talk to folks in Presidio or El Paso, they never just talk about themselves, right? Because that would do, you wouldn't truly appreciate the opportunities and, and challenges if you don't also talk about the other side. So people don't, you know, when they talk about Eagle Pass, they talk also about Piedra Sangras in the same breath. Right. right. They talk right. about they talk about Del Rio and Acuna, Presidio and Ojinaga, El Paso, Juarez. Uh, again, the social, the cultural, the economic ties. These are sources of strength. And when you talk to people in the in the air in to, in the area, uh, they actually, you know, I have yet to meet anybody that thinks a wall would be a good idea, right? But rather, you know, they want to invest in the infrastructure that allows us to be more economically connected because that actually then allows us the resources needed to be, to invest in things that have uh, frankly always been our best defense against anything, which is smart and healthy kids, right? Not a smart wall. Um, so that, that's, that's unfortunately a part of the, the discussion um, that is not highlighted enough, which is again, the reality of those that are living in our border communities. Yeah. I, I think that that's so um important you know like you said you connecting national security to a strong middle class which you could then connect directly to those social ties and the cultural importance of not just the people on this side but on both sides of the border and i, I that that makes perfect sense and and you also mentioned smart and healthy kids uh the last the last time we spoke you mentioned that uh children in your district had higher than average instances of, of asthma and, and other problems. So, you know, obviously immigration, especially in Texas is 23rd, which is, how, you know, like you said, 40 percent of that border. I mean, there are other issues, too. So are there other issues, maybe not more important 
than immigration. It's hard, you know, one issue is not necessarily more important than another. But are there other things that aren't being discussed because immigration has taken over the narrative? Well, you know, it's actually tied to that. I mean, in general, the idea of representation, right? Earlier, Mm -hmm. when so what we were talking about uh, in terms of the statistic regarding asthma, um, uh, one in 11 kids in Texas has asthma in Bear County, which is where San Antonio lives. It's one in seven kids. And in communities of color, lower middle income families, it's two or three out of seven. And in, in some of these underserved uh, and medically underserved communities as well, it's, it's actually higher than that, right? So not only is it higher there, but their access to medical care uh, is much, much lower, as is their resources to pay for the care if it is, in fact, around them, right? So that's what I think about um, as we actually talk about the upcoming census, right? And so when, when people talk, it's not just about, you know, immigration. It's about all these other policies, all these other um, um, ways in which we talk about communities and, and, uh, and, and then, frankly, how that uh, potentially um, scares people from participating in the institutions and the processes that are there to serve them. Right. The fact that I have no idea where my opponent is on the citizenship question on the census in a border district, in a district that is 70 percent Hispanic. I mean, that's very, very concerning because if people are not if if people are not counted, they cannot be served. Right. I mean, that's your whole job. Representative is function and title. How can you not have a position on that? Right. That to me shows who who he holds himself accountable to. Um, and again, to me, this is this is about public service, ensuring the public is well served, all members of this district. Right. And and these like like you said, these are all very interconnected issues. And right. you can't really talk about one without another, especially like you said, when it comes to the census data, which is which is very important. We're coming up on the 2020 census. So. Right. So I think I think the last thing I want to ask you before I have to let you go is. Do you, you know, you, you you mentioned that your your district is seventy percent Hispanic. Um, do you find a lot of fear in your represent in your constituents on topics of immigration and these other interconnected issues like like healthcare and the census? Is there a lot of fear with the way current policy is, and do you have an idea of how you would shift that when elected? Yeah, I mean, I think um, so. There's actually, I mean, a specific story about fear as it relates to you know the, the rhetoric around immigration. At the end of last year, I was meeting with the sheriff in, in Maverick County, and this is a border uh, county that's right on the on the border. And he said we're going to have one of the, the the lowest rates of reported domestic violence this year. Reported is the operative word. We know it's happening. Right. They're just not calling us. Right. And so that's that's the public safety concern that we all fear, face uh, when uh, communities no longer trust the very institutions there to keep them safe. Right. And, and so right. they, they don't know who's going to show up at the door if they call uh, call in about a domestic violence issue. Is it going to be ICE? Is it going, going to be the police? Is it going to be the sheriff? Who is that? And so, you know, I'm, I'm very so, yes, there is that 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 uh, that fear that is um, causing a public safety concern. Um, you know, we also, again, have a large streamer population. And so the fact that, uh, you know, there are some uh, members of Congress that see dreamers as political pawns and not uh, people who we should keep a promise to. We made that promise. We shouldn't break that promise. We're better than that, than that even if, uh, you know, even if this president is not. Um, so there is, you know, I, I think there's very much a, um, uh, a concern that we need somebody that is going to fight 
fight for this issue, right? You can't be outraged on CNN and complicit in Congress. That is not how this works, right? right? Unfortunately, that's how my opponent is conducting himself on this issue. Um, so, you know, I think the folks that I'm talking to know that, um, you know, the only way this changes is if we have new representation, somebody that's actually going to take uh, the needs and concerns of this district seriously. Right. And like, I think that's another really excellent example of how immigration is tied to so many more issues than just immigration. And it's a much more complicated conversation that tends to get reduced down in these sort of narratives. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, fundamentally, this is about this is about respect, right? This is about ensuring all communities are, are, are respected, are heard, their voices are at the table. Um, and, you know, because we're all in this together, right? That, that's the problem with, uh, that's when the that's problem when you start othering, right? Is you run out of people to other. Um, and then unfortunately that, that, um, that, you then start uh, affecting communities um, in our in our own backyard, and so you know we've got to get somebody that again truly understands that these intru- these issues um, are all interconnected. We're all in this together, and everybody deserves to be represented and heard. Yeah. Well, Gina, thank you so much for speaking with me and for doing this important work. Like I said, I, I have gotten to speak to you a couple months apart, and I am so excited for you come November, like in four Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> bring it on bring it bring on it <laughs> all right well thank you so much have a, a great rest of your day likewise thanks so much all Take right bye bye gina is truly inspiring and i hoped you enjoyed that conversation as much as i did immigration is such a sensitive topic and i was grateful that Gina was open to talking to me about it because it can be very difficult, especially this close to election time, which is a great segue into my weekly reminder to make sure you're registered to vote. Get your friends and family registered to vote because we are about four weeks out from the midterms and it's going to go by in a flash. So join me next week with another amazing woman candidate and her story and her plan to change this country for the better. 